0: cat's preview special and i'm here with mark schofield from inside the pylon mark how are you sir
1: uh paul i'm doing fantastic always great to be with you always love chatting with you and thanks so much for having me on
0: mate i decided to change things up this year i went with toto hold the line
1: i i like that it's it's one of their good songs i mean I was always a fan of that one. I was always a fan of, um, gosh, Rosanna, obviously. Uh, Pamela, a good one. I mean,
0: they've got a great catalog of music. It's not just Africa people. They're not a one-hit wonder. I'm gonna try and wrap this up in 15 minutes—a real to-the-point show. And uh, yeah, let's start off with the Pats. What can the Browns expect on Sunday? Uh, I'm going out to—I'm going out to the game, so I'm super buzzed. But you know, seven and zero, but. You know, what, what What were we expecting to see?
1: A bit of the X and O's. Right. Well, let's start with the Patriots on the defensive side of the ball because I think that's the main storyline of their season so far. Their defense has been fantastic. And yes, you can point out that they haven't played the stiffest competition to date. Obviously, they got Sam Darnold on Monday night, but they had Luke Falk. They had a Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had a banged-up Big Ben. They had... Josh Allen. So they haven't faced stiff competition yet, but what they've done defensively has been overwhelming. You know, one touchdown pass versus 18 interceptions. They're allowed an adjusted yet yards of like 0.09 per passive attempt. What they've been able to do against opposing passing games is unheard of. And it starts with their ability to generate pressure. They have such confidence, Paul in their secondary with the ability to sort of play man coverage on the back, Blitz in front of it. They'll go cover one where there's a free safety. They'll go cover zero where there's no safety help because they trust their guys to cover man to man. And that allows them to bring more rushers than you have guys blocking. And so they're able to get pressure. They're able to force mistakes from the quarterback. And so the task for Freddie Kitchens, for Baker Mayfield, and for this Cleveland Browns offense is, can they exploit that? Can they hit on some plays in the passing game against these pressure looks, against these man coverage situations that forces New England to make an adjustment? From what I've seen to date, teams have struggled to do that. Maybe Baker and Odell and company will have a better success of doing that, but it's been tough to do it so far against this, you know, Patriots defense. Offensively, who knows what we're going to see. Obviously the Muhammad's new acquisition might change what they do in the the passing game. They've They've tried to be that 21 personnel team with a running back and a fullback. That's, kind of had to go out the door because they lost both their fullbacks, James Devlin and Jakob Johnson. They've tried to do some more spread stuff with just one running back and four wide receivers, but the receiver group's banned up as well with Josh Gordon being hurt, Philip Dorsett has been in and out of the lineup, and Julian Edelman's dealing with a chest injury. And so they've tried to figure things out. I think you'll see them sort of spread the ball around a bit, try to get the running backs involved in the passing game.
0: There's loads of ex-Browns all in the Pats uh, roster. We've got Josh Gordon, fifth-round pick. As a Pats fan, how, how do you feel about that uh, deal now? Do you think a fifth for Josh Gordon was great?
1: I think so. Um, I think certainly last year when he sort of came over via the trade, he gave a little juice, a little bolt of energy to this passing game that I think it needed at the time. Um, he wasn't able to sort of complete the season. He was, again, dealing with some of the demons that he's dealt with from the off-the-field considerations with him. But this year, again, it's the same thing. He's given the offense a bit of juice, um, had some touchdowns early in the season, can give them that boundary presence that they kind of need, given the fact that Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett are more underneath or slot-type guys, although they've used Dorsett on the boundary, and they'll do it with Edelman. And so I think, you know, giving up a fifth-rounder for him is an acquisition and a trade that they would do all the time. And we have to be honest, Paul, Belichick, despises fifth round picks he just hates them and my colleague over inside the pylon Dave Archibald wrote a piece a couple years ago about Bill Belichick and how much he hates fifth round picks and it's probably our most viewed piece on the site in the site's history because it's applicable every year he just despises fifth round picks and so I think it's a trade that they would do over and over again in a heartbeat
0: and the other two Browns names Jamie Collins and McCourtney it sounds like they're having the season of their lives
1: I mean, I think with respect to Jamie Collins, you can make that case. And partially be, it's because he's been a more disciplined player in terms of following the scheme and the X's and O's than he was in his first go-round in New England. And part of the reason the Patriots were willing to let him go during his first time in New England was he would freelance too much. He would try to do things on his own. And he's certainly athletic enough where he can make that work sometimes. at other times – it cost this defense big plays. They gave up big plays as a result. And we all know Belichick's the mantra, do your job. He, he wants you to do what you're tasked to do with on every single play and trust that the other 10 guys will do the same thing and they're going to have success that way. This year he's been much more disciplined. He sets the edge. He does the little things. He'll spy the quarterback. They did that a couple of times against Josh Allen. We might see it sometimes against Baker Mayfield on Sunday as well. And so, you know, his success this year is partially due or largely due to sort of buy discipline to use on every single play. And with Jason McCordy, you know, with the talent this team has in the secondary, Stephon Gilmore, JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, it's a situation where they can pick their spots, pick their matchups, and just say, okay, Jason McCourty, your skill set on a given week, you might be best suited to cover this player. You know, this week coming up, maybe he's going to be used on Jarvis Landry or maybe on tight ends. It's a situation where they have so much talent and depth in the secondary, Paul, where they can put their corners in matchups that they think advantage them, and it allows those guys to have success. And spitting that forward this week, it's a situation with Jonathan Jones on Jarvis Landry. You might see Jason McCourty on, say, a Rashard Higgins, and you might see Stephon Gilmore on Odell with some safety help over the top. Or they might say Jonathan Jones on Odell with dedicated safety help, and then they'll take Gilmore and put him on Jarvis Landry and sort of lock him down. You know, they can mix and match. Sometimes they take Gilmore and put him on your second best receiver and then dedicate safety help on a corner over your best receiver so they can do different things defensively. And so I'm very interested to see how Belichick, you know, schemes and game plans for this Browns offense.
0: Taking away the two and four Browns record so far this season, do you think this is Pat's biggest test going against a healthy quarterback that have the talent to potentially be a playoff team?
1: Oh, certainly. I mean, I think, look, you, you look at who they've played so far this season. And, you know, there is an argument to be made that they haven't really been tested yet like this. You know, Buffalo, certainly a game on the road. You know, that team's 5-1. That defense is fantastic right now. They're playing well on the defensive side of the ball. Josh Allen does seem to be developing. And so that was a stiff test. But let's not make any mistakes about it. This is a talented Cleveland Browns team. This is a team that had high expectations going into the season. This is a team that I'm sure Bill Belichick is telling this roster right now in the locker room and on the practice field has the ability to come into Foxborough and beat them. And so I think this is one of those games. It's in the you know the late afternoon window. It's going to be kind of a nationally televised game. That you know if the Patriots go into this game and come away with a win, they'll be able to say, look, now we're starting to string together some wins that matter against teams with talent. I think you take the record, you put it aside. This is a talented Cleveland Browns team. They have the pieces that can score defense, pieces on the defense of the ball, side of the ball to stop this Patriots offense. And so I think, yes, if you know the Patriots win this one, or even if they don't, it's going to be a stiff test for them.
0: Browns D-line versus the Pats O-line. Who do you think is going to win? Yeah,
1: you know, That's a huge question, Paul, because the Patriots offensive line is certainly an area that needs some improvement. You're, it's a banged-up group. They lost center David Andrews before the season with his health condition. Then they lose Isaiah Wynn. Before the season as well, so they got backups at left tackle, backup at, uh, at center, and so that's a situation where you look at the talent that Cleveland has on the defensive front. Obviously, with Miles Garrett, and we know what he can do off the edge, but some of the other guys as well, Sheldon Richardson, Vern, Olivier Vernon. You know, these are some guys that can generate pressure. We know from watching Tom Brady over the years that if you get pressure on him. You're going to get him off his game. That's one of the things that the Bills have been able to do over the past couple of meetings with them. And so that's a matchup that I'm certainly concerned about. You know, I I think that on a talent basis, guys like Garrett and Vernon, they will have the better of the play. What I'm looking for is to see if New England does what they do so often, which is focus on getting the ball out quickly. You know, get it out in a second, a second and a half. You know, snap to throw time is always pretty low for the Patriots. And so they'll try to neutralize that pass rush and that potential mismatch up front by just getting the ball out of Brady's hands. And so you might get to him, but the ball is going to be long gone by the time you do.
0: Ex Browns, Danny Sheldon, is he doing well at the moment?
1: You know, Paul, he's been a fantastic story this year for this defensive line because, you know, part of the success defensively for the Patriots has been the play of the guys up front. And Shelton has been fantastic for them. You know, when they acquired Michael Betta in this offseason, a lot of people expected that he would be a big part of their defensive line. But Danny Shelton has played a huge role for this. He's not just a rough stuffer right now. They leave it on the field on passing downs. They're running some stunts and some twists for him on the inside. You know, he had a hit on Sam Darnold. He was flagged for a rough on the passer, but, you know, had a great hit on Sam Darnold, you know, even though he got flagged for it at the end with a little extra Oomph um, on the on the takedown, but he's played extremely well. He's stopping the run well. He's getting after the passer, and so he's another ex-Brown that's it's having a pretty good season here for New England here in 2019.
0: Yeah, this is one area that I'm concerned about. It's Wednesday, and the Browns' coaching team aren't coming out saying who they're starting five are at the moment. There's talks that Greg Robinson may not be starting, and it may be uh, someone else playing out there. We just don't know. I don't know if it's mind games. But, yeah, it is a bit of a worry.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, you're hearing acquisition potentially about uh, you know Trent Williams deal or a move at the left tackle spot. You know, it, it might be mind games, but I think from New England's side of it, you know, they have such talent in the secondary, you know, and they trust that secondary so much that they'll be able to do some things no matter who's playing up front. Uh, to generate pressure on Baker Mayfield. And so this game might really come down to how well Baker Mayfield handles the pressure looks he's going to see from New England. And whoever started at left tackle, left guard, wherever, you know, the simple fact is Baker Mayfield's going to have to make some throws in this game and he's going to have to navigate those pressure looks if the Browns are going to go into Foxborough and win this one.
0: How do you feel Baker's doing in his development so far? You're obviously um, draft expert, especially quarterback review. Remind everyone, what was your predictions where? Baker was going to go and where he is now. Yeah, I mean,
1: he was my QB, too, um, after Josh Rosen, and maybe the Rosen thing looks like a miss right now. But I loved Baker Mayfield. I love his attitude. I loved his competitive toughness. It does seem like he's backslid a bit into one of the areas of concerns I had about him coming out, and it's this, this notion of, you know, the conundrum of comfort and chaos. And when you see Baker Mayfield, there are times when, you know, he backslides into this mode where he'll – try to make the big play or he'll try to escape the pocket, even though the pocket is clean and he won't take what the defense has given him. He might come off a quicker read to try to make something happen more downfield or in a scramble drill situation. And that's part of what makes him an exciting quarterback. That's part of what got him, you know, to where he is right now you know, it's something that he did it very well at Oklahoma, but there are times when you just sort of need to play within the structure and to take what the defense has given you. And if it's the three yard hitch on second and 10, then you take it and you fight on third and six or whatever develops rather than breaking the pocket, running yourself into trouble and having to force a throw that may get intercepted or gets knocked out. And now it's, it's third and 10 all over again. And you're behind the schedule, you're behind the sticks as an offense. And so, I thought of his game against Baltimore, Paul. He did a much better job of sort of navigating the pocket, sort of stayed within the structure of the plays. You know, but then you see him in their last game against Seattle, and there was an early play in that game, you know, a fourth and seven, where you know, he, he's got some routes open early in the down, but he tries to make something happen. And you know, the process isn't as good as the results are on the play. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for for Baker going forward. You know, this idea of that seeking out chaos and whether he stays within structure or seeks it out more than he should. Do
0: you think Baker's on track or slightly above or below where you think he should be?
1: You know, I still think that he's on track. Um, Remember that development is not linear at the quarterback position, especially, you know, you're going to see peaks and valleys. You'll see dips along the way. There will be hurdles, you know, but I, I still think, you know, especially in that Baltimore game, but some of the other games as well this season, we've seen the best of Baker and what he, can be you know when he puts it all together and so you know the fact that look they're two and four and they've struggled at times people might say look he's trailing where he should be developmentally i still think he's where he should be uh, i like the growth what we've seen from him i just want to see more of the baltimore ravens baker mayfield if we see that guy the rest of the season cleveland's got a good shot at getting back into what's a wide open afc playoff race
0: and uh, what's your view on that uh, class from last year Lamar Jackson looking the best quarterback at the moment or do you think it's just a bit too early to
1: say? I I think Lamar does look like the best quarterback and he's certainly playing the best football right now out of that group. You know, I still think it's early to make sort of definitive opinions on these guys. You know, I, I still think that you know, there's a potential for Josh Rosen, although it does seem like that window seems to be closing. Sam Darnold was looking well until he played this New York Patriots. I mean, excuse me, this New England Patriots team on Monday night. Josh Allen's made some strides as a passer. He's actually developed a bit of touch and feel. You know, in the underneath areas of the field and in intermediate areas of the field, and he's actually better on those throws than he was in the vertical passing game, especially by PFF numbers. And so that's a bit of a. a, a Statement that I thought I'd never be able to say, but here we are. Um, and, and look, why we, like we just talked about Baker, I think he's on track. And so while Lamar's playing the best out of the bunch right now, I think it's still early to close the book on any of these guys and sort of say, this is who they're going to be. You know, I think if you're a Browns fan, while the record, you know, isn't where you want it to be, I think you should be, you know, obviously wanting to see more from Baker Mayfield, but you should still believe that he's, he continues down the right path and starts to be more like I said, that Baltimore Baker we saw. You know, he could end up, you know, the the top quarterback or the second-best
0: quarterback out of this class. He certainly has the potential to do that. Last question for you, sir. What's your prediction for the score on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this Patriots defense has been so tough on opposing offenses and opposing quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be a tough ask for Baker and company to go into New England and win this one. But I certainly think it's going to be a pretty close game. You know, I, this has the feel of a 34-21, 34-24 type game where, you know, it might be close and New England gets a touchdown late to sort of put it away. You know, it never really feels like a blowout or anything like that. You know, just because the Patriots have had some blowouts this year, I think – You know, week to week and game to game, everything changes so much in this league. The Browns certainly have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. You know, they'll have the ability to get some sacks and get some pressure on Brady. They have the ability to put some points up. And so I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any stretch. But I do think New England wins this one.
0: Mate, there's every chance it could be a blowout. But I'm going to the game and I'm super positive and I'm going to go to the Browns twenty-eight. 23, perhaps win.
1: That's that's. Look, we love the confidence, and you know, for Patriots fans that are listening to this, that are going to be at the game, if you see my boy Paul, buy him a pint or two. You know, take some good care of him. He's coming over from from London Way. You know, show him a good time, show him some New England hospitality, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word. Okay, people, but don't be rough on our boy.
0: (laughs) Well, look, I'm going to be easy to spot. I'm uh, giving Scottish Hammer a bit of uh, abuse on text, and I'll be wearing a Scottish kilt, so uh, hopefully hopefully uh it will arise in time and it'd be orange and uh, it'd be uh fun so uh, all i have to work out now is do i wear underwear or not that's the biggest question mark right?
1: well i mean you might want to check the weather foxborough and new england in late october can be a bit breezy my friend so i
0: think you want to keep the weather considerations in mind Mark, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Mark, tell everyone, where can we find your details?
1: Well, as always, Paul, it's a, it's a blast coming on. Love every time we get the chance to chat. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. And like you said, inside the pylon, Matt Waldman's RSP. Uh, Pat's Paul, Big, Big Blue View, Blue and Green Nation are all of places. But the easiest way is just on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Excellent, Mark, we're waiting for you to come to London It's
0: got to be soon now, surely
1: i got to get over there, I know every time I come on You're, you're asking me to come by, I'm dying to get back I, I love the time I've got to spend over there So hopefully, you know, maybe in the next
0: year or so We'll be able to do one of these in person That would be amazing And uh, Jack just uh, texted me to say uh, What happened with the Chelsea versus the Newcastle Newcastle,
1: good and Newcastle, my friend. And when Jack sent me the message that he was, you know, that game, I'm like, look, you know, you know you're going to win that one. Maybe we don't know about the Cleveland New England game, but you know you're going to win Chelsea versus Newcastle. So I, I'm not surprised. Look, I'll go down, you know, black and white till I die, away the lads, but it's always rough for the Newcastle yeah,
0: I feel very similar, actually. I do believe Newcastle and Cleveland are very similar, and I'll go down very similar orange and brown till I die thanks a lot Mark it's been a pleasure always Mark.